Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And at the top of the hour, we are back with another spirited edition, another hour here of Get Up as we are rolling along from the seaport. We're brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Tons of football conversation today with the combine getting underway. But let's start with the NBA and a little game of either or as we've got Monica McNutt and Austin Rivers with us. And Austin, I will start with you. In the Eastern Conference, I'm giving you the Celtics or the field to make the finals. Which way are you going? Right now, I have to go with the Boston Celtics. They've been the best team in basketball all year long, especially if we're talking the Eastern Conference. Uh, Milwaukee's finally starting to tap into a groove. They have two big wins. Obviously, Joel Embiid's down. The Knicks are uncertain with their future in terms of Julius Randle and his shoulder. Right now, when you, talk, when you talk about a smooth team, best starting lineup in the Eastern Conference, Jason Tatum at the helm, Celtics are the team to beat. I'm with you. It would be a huge disappointment if they don't. Monica, let's go out west. Which super team do you trust, the Clippers or the Suns? It's the Clippers for me, Greeny. And I know folks are going to say, oh, can they stay healthy? Well, let's just roll with what we've seen this year. And largely so far, they have been able to stay, stay healthy. They have the best net rating in clutch time. Their ability to both score the basketball and defend, to me, they just are loaded up. It's the Clippers. They're playing way better than I think many people realize. And to your point, they've been healthy all year. Then, Austin, we got both the Lakers and Warriors trending toward being in the play-in. Which of those two teams do you think is more dangerous if they make it into the field? I think it's the Lakers. I mean, I, I look at the Warriors team and how they're put together, and it's just not the same. It's not as fluid. Uh, I know the Lakers have been up and down, but we're talking about a team that we just saw his, you know, last year make a historic run from going from you know a team might maybe getting into the playoffs to getting all the way to the conference finals. Don't ever count on LeBron James. Every time we do, we end up doing something special. Anthony Davis is there. They've added you know a bunch of guards and teams uh, players around them. I just think they're a better put together team. I trust the Lakers more. I, I, I'm with that. I, I would side on that direction as well. But I would then uh, be crossing Draymond Green, which no <laughs> one wants to do. Speaking of the Warriors, here was Draymond. He had this to say regarding his team's outlook. I 100% believe that we are legit title, title contenders this season. I don't see any team out there that we couldn't beat. Obviously, the cars got to fall in place. Obviously, a lot of things got to go your way. Obviously, you need some luck. That's just the nature of winning championships. But I don't see any team in the NBA that we can't beat and compete for a title. And mama, we still got that man. They do. And he, of course, is spectacular. No one would ever question Steph at any stage. And he's playing as well as pretty much ever. But you made the point earlier. Could they beat anybody on a given night? Absolutely. Can they beat all these good teams in the West in a best of seven? I, I have hesitations. Listen, Austin, you competed against Draymond. He has every right to be uh, confident in his group. He's obviously been there. But I'm with you in terms of the construction of this team. I continue to kind of look at them and say, golly, this is a small group. And it requires so much of Steph. He had an off-shooting night yesterday. Now, granted, the Nuggets are the Nuggets. 
but he can't afford to be off if this team is going to achieve anything in terms of what Draymond is discussing. At the end of the day, Austin, the, the, the Warriors sort of made their legend by proving you don't have to have size to win, right? The death lineup that they had all those years, but there does come a point where they just do appear to be so small. At the end of the day, is that, in your view, is that to be their undoing? Uh, it's definitely one of them, especially if we're talking about the best team in the West. Their best player is a center, so they just need size. If they're going to have to contend, they're going to need that. But I look at the makeup of this team. They have a different playing style now. you got to think, back in the day, the ball was just popping. Everybody was moving the ball. Now, some of their best players, I'll say their second best player, is a guy who plays a little bit more traditional, a guy like Jonathan Kaminga. The makeup of this team is completely different. they got Clay Thompson coming off the bench. I know he's playing better. It's just not what I look at and see a contending team. I love Draymond's confidence. He's supposed to have that. This is a guy who's one for to have that. Uh, but he said it himself. They're going to need a lot of luck, <laughs> and they're going to need a lot of things to fall their way. I mean, it's just it is what it is, and I love Steph Curry. But the amount of pressure and onus that's on his shoulders every single night to go out there and perform at such a high level, to ask him to beat a team, like, do I see them beating a Denver? Can they beat them four times out of seven games? I, I just don't think so. And I don't think they beat the Clippers either. Um, I think they even struggle with some of the other teams in the West that we have. I don't know if they beat the Suns. It's, it's one of those things I look at, and I don't know if I look at their roster from top to bottom in terms of depth. They're just not the same. If we talk about compares to their championship teams, it's not there. That's why I continue to say I want LeBron and Steph to team up before it's oh, too geez, late green. next season. I'm, not, I'm speaking it into existence. Oh, They're both yelling at me later. Let me leave it there. Much more What's basketball as we go. Austin, stay close. I'm coming back to you, I promise. But in the meantime, get my football crew back over here because it's a huge week in the NFL. The Combine starts today. Let's play fill in the blank. Damian Woody, the quarterback who has the most to gain at the Combine is who? Uh, Drake May. Drake May. I mean, you talk about a guy, you know, in his uh, the last two years, you saw change, you know, different offensive coordinators, different weapons. Uh, this past year, he wasn't as productive. But the one thing we know about Drake May, and we've been saying that, and I know my, 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 my BC colleague, uh, Tim Hasselback, talks about this dude is a physical specimen. He's going to put on a show if he were to go out there in, in the combine and do all the activities there. He's the guy I think a lot of teams are going to fall in love with during the process. Meanwhile, Graziano, NFL head coaches not attending the Combine is what? It's becoming more and more common. These guys have decided that the Combine is not worth their time. They can do the interviews they need to do virtually. They can watch the workouts on TV, get reports from their uh, assistant coaches and scouts that are there. So Sean McVay of the Rams, kind of, I, I feel like he kind of started this trend a few years ago when you see more and more guys skipping it. Uh, basically, the head coaches have decided that the other stuff that goes along with the combine takes up too much of their time and they could be doing better work at home. We'll see if the trend continues. Yeah, you saw Robert Sala, Mike McCarthy also say they're not going to attend. Dominique Foxworth, Justin Fields, the trade could come this week. It's certainly possible. In your opinion, he will be traded to who? Uh, I like the Steelers. I think the best thing you can do for a quarterback like Justin Fields is take the pressure off of him. He's had a lot of pressure and a lot of expectations in Chicago. You get to a city like Pittsburgh where they're going to build up a pretty good defense across from you and don't ask a lot of you offensively. They've been successful with a lot less talent at quarterback recently, so I'd love to see him enter that pretty tough division and see what he could do with Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. 
All right, fair enough. So, so we've talked a great deal about Justin Fields on this show the last couple of weeks because this, this right now I think is the most interesting storyline in the NFL, the Bears, with the decision they have to make. And we have talked about Justin, in fairness, as though, well, any team that is a quarterback away, if they get him, then all of a sudden watch out for them. And Graziano, you made a really good point. Um, you, and I'm trying to find it in your notes because I thought you wrote it really well, but, but I can't find it, so I'll just let you say it here, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is that that might not be a reasonable way to I don't be think looking. It might be fair to him. It's not fair to him. I, I, he's a 24-year-old player that has shown a lot in his short time in the league but has more that he needs to work on in terms of his game. If you acquire Justin Fields, you cannot put on him, oh, you're the guy that's going to elevate us over the top. Maybe eventually, but certainly not right away. If you acquire Justin Fields, you are still in charge of his continued development as an NFL player, of which there still needs to be some if he's going to reach uh, his ceiling. So I think it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion in terms of what you could get for him in a trade. Uh, it's not like you're, you're, you're plug and play, not like what the, the Jets thought they were doing with Aaron Rodgers last year, right? We have a roster that is a good quarterback away, and we're gonna, this is a different kind of trade. This is you sort of grabbing Justin Fields early in his development and continuing to try and build him out as a, as a prospect and a player. But, but he's at a, a strange juncture professionally yes. for that, right? Because yes. decisions have to be made on him pretty quickly. Sure. By the first week of May, you have to decide whether to pick up his fifth-year option for 2025. Uh, and then, obviously, at this point, he's eligible for an extension, so you can talk about what it would take to keep him long-term. And again, if you don't know what kind of player he is yet, uh, then that's a hard conversation to have. It is. Okay, so let's just go. You, you mentioned, Dominique, you mentioned Pittsburgh. In, in your view, with, with, a, with a, a well-regarded offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, we know he didn't have success as a head coach in Atlanta, but he's a well-regarded a regarded offensive Can't coordinator. Hear you anymore. And you've got Mike Tomlin. I'm told that we've lost, or I can hear from Dominique that we've lost him, so let me take him offline and I'll ask the same question to you, D. Wood. With Arthur Smith and Mike Tomlin, and we know what the, the, the skill position talent there is in Pittsburgh, it's pretty good. Right. It feels to me like I could design an offense. I mean, I'm not, not, I couldn't actually do the X's and O's, but I could figure out a way that you could put together something that could be pretty effective immediately, and then the development continues from there. But I, I think he's ready to hit the ground running to at least some degree with a good team. Yeah, like I look at like, okay, he could really parallel Ryan Tannehill when Ryan Tannehill was healthy. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill was a – Pretty athletic. Now, we know that Justin Fields is much more athletic than Ryan Tannehill. But Ryan Tannehill had success, you know, in, in that type of offense. So, you know, you talk about the weapons that they have in Pittsburgh. They got, you know, they got two pretty good running backs. They got wide receivers. Okay, offensive line is pretty solid. Okay, can you build the scheme around his skill set knowing that he's still developing as a passer. Right. That's where you got to get him. You got to bring out those skills as a passer because if you can maximize that aspect, now, we're, now the conversation evolves to, okay, this quarterback can compete with the likes of Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow within that division. But that, we're still a ways away from that. I think we have Dominique back. Go ahead, Dominique. What do you think? Yeah. No, I think we need to find a place that can give him some easy answers because I think he's shown the ability to do the high-end stuff. We saw, I think it was the uh, Detroit game last year where he was just incredible through uh, long stretches of that game. But there are also long stretches of a lot of games where it seems like he doesn't know what to do with the ball or the team doesn't know what to do with him. So in a better situation, I think the ceiling is still incredibly high on Justin Fields. But I do fear that what has happened to him is something that's happened to a lot of young, talented quarterbacks is that 
The first team that drafted them has kind of set them back and put them behind. They never really catch up to where they're supposed to be because the salaries start to increase and expectations for that position start to increase and no one's willing to spend three or four years on a guy who's been in the league for three or four years already. That's why the Tannehill parallel is a good one, right? Because he, he was farther along in his career than Fields is now. Yeah. But he did. He switched from a situation where he hadn't had a ton of success. He goes to Tennessee where Arthur Smith was running the offense, right? right? And, and, and he has more success there than he did in Miami. So it's, it's not a bad comparison. Again, he was more experienced and more developed, yeah. I think, than Fields is at this point. But, yeah, I, I think it can be done. I think there's great potential there. I think he will be of interest to teams that are looking for quarterbacks. It's just a, it's a different kind of solution than just a plug and play and contend for a championship. And just to sort of put a, uh, an exclamation point or some sort of punctuation on the topic, we don't know for certain they're going to trade him, right? That's you were another telling me this critical morning. Critical point. They're yes. holding it close to the vest. Yes, they are. The Bears have the one pick. They this time Western. last year they decided to keep Fields, trade the pick, and build around him. They could absolutely make that decision this year. It, it, the popular opinion around the league seems to be that they won't, that they'll sit tight and make the pick. But to your point, Ryan Poles, their GM, has played it close to the vest. He's very deliberate. He wants to know what all his options are. And then he'll make a decision on what to do. And that's why going to the combine this week and having those face-to-face meetings with people is vital for him. But there isn't any obvious reason they have to make the deal sooner rather than later. No, they could take it up till draft day if they want. I mean, once the, yeah, you, you can, yes, if, if you have multiple teams in it and like if, if a team says to you, like, we're really going to try and get Kirk Cousins or Baker Mayfield, but if we don't, we're interested in talking about Justin, then it's to your advantage to wait, right? And, and, and keep as many teams in it as possible. Okay, so we're going to keep an eye on that again. It could happen this week, because it did a year ago. It doesn't mean that it has to. In the meantime, did Jerry Jones' decision on his quarterback's next deal just get a whole lot easier this weekend? Sneaky, huge news that will have an enormous impact on the entire league. Graziano will explain it. Plus, is Russ being ridiculous, the quarterback, with comments about his future that you have to hear? The question is, is he right? You'll make up your own mind next. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. 
So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We are back on Get Up, and the game is called Answer the Question. Dominique Foxworth, here we go. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. You got Dak, you got CD, you got Micah Parsons, all in line for contract extensions. Who gets a new deal this offseason? Neat. I mean, I think they all obviously deserve it, but it seems like Dak's the only one that could force their hand with that almost $60 million cap hit. CD's cap hit, I think, is around 17, which might require some attention, but Micah's at five. Uh, unless Jerry Jones decides to just act completely out of character, which I guess you could say he did with Ezekiel Elliott back in the day, you normally have to force him to pay. He still has the, the uh, franchise tag to hang over all of these players except for Dak Prescott. So that's why I think he probably gets paid right he cannot tag him Nick next question which team needs to trade up to get a quarterback in the top three picks of the draft none of them like we've never really seen it work in the history of the draft we've seen guys or teams trade up to get a quarterback at like 10 for Mahomes or 32 for Lamar Jackson but but would you have to get up, give up to get to the top of the draft knowing that quarterbacks aren't a short thing? I don't think anyone should trade up that high, and no one's going to come off of Drake May or Caleb Williams given how highly regarded they are as prospects. Embo, do the research on that. I want those for radio. That's an interesting topic. How many teams have ever traded up that high and had it work? In the meantime, let's talk about a veteran. What are the chances in your mind that Russell Wilson will be someone's starting quarterback next season? Yeah, I think 60, 65. I think we've harped on this very interesting point is that he doesn't cost very much. He's going to probably sign for the league minimum because Denver is going to cover the rest of his enormous contract. And for a guy who is at least like mediocre, like last year, he wasn't bad. He just wasn't as great as the contract uh, suggested that he should be. So at this point, for a million, million five a year, I think Russell Wilson is going to step in and take over for somebody's team who needs a quarterback. All right, let's hear from him because Russell Wilson, and look, we've all understood for a long time, Russell has an unusual way of saying things, but he's talking about his future, and he seems to see it very differently than most other people seem to see it. Listen. I got more fire than ever, honestly, especially over the past two years of what I've gone through, whether it's in Denver or somewhere else. I, I hope it's in Denver. I committed there. I wanted to be there. You know, I want to be there. For me, it's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win, too. I want to feel the chill of that trophy again. I want to win more Super Bowls there. You know, I, I love the city and everything else. But, you know, you also want to be a place that, that wants you, too. There's nothing wrong with him saying that, right? Like, that's, that's the right thing for... Am I wrong? Is, is that the right well, there's thing? There's nothing useful about it either. I mean, the last thing he said was you want to be somewhere where you're wanted. I mean, right. they, they benched him toward the end of the season. They, they, they're, they're almost certainly going to release him by March 17th when his 2025 salary is going to become fully guaranteed. So I don't think he's in a place that wants it. Thoughts going through your mind with that look on your face, D-Wood? Can we crawl before we walk, man? <laughs> like, like, literally, like, the last time we saw Russell, Russell Wilson was benched. Yes. Like, he was benched. We've seen the Seattle Seahawks give up on him. We've seen the Denver Broncos give up on him. So, listen, I have no problem with having aspirations of, you know, winning two 
out of the next five. Okay, I, whatever. You know, that's the way, you know, that's the kind of stuff, you know, he says. But, bro, can we get some stability in your playing career first before we talk, start talking about hoisting Lombardi, tro- you know, two out of the next five Lombardi trophies? <laughs> like, let's get some stability in your game first. It, it's worth pointing out that wherever he goes next year, that team is going to be able to get him for next to nothing he is owed $39 million guaranteed dollars by the Denver Broncos, whether he plays or not, and anything he gets paid by any other team just offsets against that. But it does seem, I don't know, Neek, like, is he at a place in his career yeah. where if someone offers him the league minimum and 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 I, it, it's, a, it's a strange juncture in his career that Russell finds himself in? Yeah. No, I mean, he, he has an opportunity. I think that he was headed for, like, all-time great status. Uh, his career was on that trajectory to be in those conversations in the Hall of Famer. And then he hit this major roadblock. So I think for his legacy and how much that matters to him, this next stop does really matter. And the contract situation helps him go to a team that has talent where he can succeed. But I think whenever you hear comments like this, you have to ask yourself, who are they trying to communicate to and what are they trying to communicate And I think Russell's clearly trying to tell GMs and teams that you want to win a championship. I'm the guy. I'm locked in. I'm motivated. And I don't think he cares how we think about it. We all think it's kind of funny that he's talking about Lombardi trophies when he hasn't really had much success lately. But he's telling all the other teams that think they're a quarterback away that he's their guy. He's going to be a fascinating one to watch. And look, at the end of the day, it may sound like an odd thing for him to say, but I, for one, don't have any problem with him saying it. That said, I'm told that we do have some breaking news. We expect a lot of news coming out of the NFL this week, and Graziano has perhaps the first of it. What do we know? Yeah, the first of the franchise tags for this season has been applied. The Bengals officially using that on wide receiver T. Higgins uh, this morning. Uh, he's going to make $21.816 million this year if he plays on the franchise tag. He's been looking for a long-term deal. It's possible they still give him one it's possible you know we've seen guys get tagged and traded obviously that's a potential outcome but the Bengals have been really firm the last couple off seasons on trying to keep this group together and franchising T Higgins especially a week before the deadline uh, tells you they're still determined to do that tag on T Dominique your reaction yeah, I mean, I love that they're going to keep him. It's unfortunate that he's not going to get the long-term commitment, but I think they should commit to him long-term. I get you don't want to have too much money tied up in one position group, but when you've had success playing that way, why try to be like anyone else? People would die for this amount of receiver talent. I think they need to pay Chase and Higgins and uh, and then try to figure it out elsewhere and let uh, Joe Burrow, when he's healthy, go out there and make defenses pay. What do you think, D. Wood? No, I, I absolutely agree. Like, I think you got to keep both of those wide receivers together. If, you, if that means sacrificing other, other, you know, positions, then so be it. Those are the that, – that trio, Joe Burrow, Jamal Chase, and, and T. Higgins, they, they instill fear into people. Absolutely. If you're looking for someone who might be able to knock off Kansas City next year, that's the team most people seem to point to if they're healthy. So, again, T. Higgins is the first player to get tagged this year. A reminder, ESPN Bet is the official sports book of ESPN and the only place to find exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. New users get $100 in bonus bets after making any sports book bet download today. What a play. Coming up after what happened Saturday, what should we do about court storming? Seth Greenberg joins us. He's got the answer. Don't miss it next.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Charlie Sifford is golf's black north star. In 1959, the Charlotte, North Carolina native played in the U.S. Open. Two years later, he became the first black man to play on the PJ Tour after it ended its whites-only policy. His presence challenged golf's deep-seated racial discrimination, but Sifford was far from just a barrier breaker. He won multiple tournaments, and with that padded mustache and cigar, his legacy is forever cemented. Just ask Tiger Woods, who named his son Charlie after, quote, the grandpa I never had. His sacrifices as a pioneer for golf allowed me to play the game, Woods added. It doesn't get more influential than that. And we are back on Get Up here at the bottom of the hour. And this is the subject that had everybody talking and buzzing and angry over the weekend. And we've talked about it here this morning and we want to bring Some more folks into the conversation. This was the scene at Wake Forest on Saturday night. By now, no doubt you've seen it after they knocked off Duke. They were actually favored in the game, but that did not stop all these students and other fans from racing out onto the court. And you see Kyle Filipowski, who was the best player on the Blue Devils, who are a top 10 team in the country. He winds up getting injured in that uh, fracas, and, and he is being helped off the court. You saw it there by now. Uh, Dominique Foxworth, not part of the conversation earlier when we had it. And Uncle Seth Greenberg, no relation, joins us as well. And Seth, you, of course, were there for this, and I heard all of your commentary on Saturday night. But for those who have not, what was your perspective on what happened and maybe more importantly, what did not happen at Wake Forest? Really disappointed in the administration at Wake Forest. They had no plan in place. Or if they had a plan in place, their inability to execute that plan. Wake Forest was favored in this basketball game. If you know you're playing Duke and you have a chance to win a game you need. And by the way, it was an incredibly well-played game. Wake Forest is a legit team, and it was the win they needed to get to the NCAA tournament. You have to have a plan in place. What does a plan in place include? It includes having security to make sure that the players and the officials can get off the court safely. That means you hire extra security. Steve Forbes, the coach at Wake Forest, he calls a timeout with about two seconds left. I thought that was brilliant. I thought, hey, Steve's calling a timeout to get security in place. 
There's no secure. Find a yellow jacket. Find one of those fluorescent jackets in any of these pictures. The students at Wake Forest, they sit on the baselines. They came from the baselines. All you had to do in this instance is make sure you have security that does not allow them on the court. The most important thing is the welfare of the people in the competition and the officials. And Wake Forest administration dropped the ball, and they, are, they should be held accountable. I wanted Dominique in the conversation as well because this happens in football. Yeah. Um, we, we've all seen the same pictures. And, and, Austin, obviously this has happened in your experience. You've been on the court when it happened. But one more from you, Seth, uh, because the, you know that what will happen, what, what does happen when something like this comes up is people will say, well, just stop it. This is an, an inherently dangerous activity. They shouldn't allow people to go racing out onto the court or out onto a football field after the game is done. It doesn't take place in the National Football League or in the NBA. Why should it continue to be allowed in college basketball, Seth? Well, I've got two solutions I think are really simple solutions. First and foremost, the game ends. You put a minute on the clock, all right? You take it down. At the end of the minute, obviously, maybe play, you know, with Virginia Tech, you play Enter the Sandman. The students are jumping up and down. They're enjoying the moment. Then when that minute's off, what does that do? That gives that, that visiting team a minute to get off the court, the officials to get off the court safely. Then the students can come and celebrate with the players. The other option is you've got 3,000 people coming to the court. Here's a simpler solution. Game ends, all right? The visiting team gets off the court. The players, and you have this plan in place, and the coaching staff, they go to the student body. They do it at Kansas State. They do it at Texas Tech. They literally, game's over. They go into the student section. They celebrate with the students. The bigger problem is, or another problem with the screening, I'd, I'd love your kind of feedback on it. The world we live in is so much different right now. People don't have a lot of respect for each other. Everyone has a cell phone. Instead of basically living the moment, they want to document the moment. So a lot of those kids running on the court, they don't know where they're going. They don't know what's going on because they got their camera phone out. They're, they're taking selfies. They have it on video. And they have very little regard for anyone in front of them. So I think you bring the players into the stands or you have a grace period, a one-minute grace period. You play the alma mater. You play some type of music that the students can relate to. Then, boom, they come on the court. I love the first solution. It, it, it is it is a better phrased way of exactly what I said an hour ago. You need some period of time where everyone who wants to get off the court can do so safely. And then if you want to let the students come running out there, then you let them do it. Seth, that to me is the perfect solution. Austin, I want to come to you because you've lived this. Can you describe, take me back to a moment where this happened in your career. You played at Duke. We all understand Duke is one of those big teams that when they lose a game on the road, you know, the fans are inclined to do something like this. When you're actually standing out there and all these people are racing out at you, what does it feel like? It's chaos. <clears throat> it's simply chaos. You know, we, uh, unfortunately, I have gone through something like this. I wish I say I, I could say I haven't, but... Um, we played Temple my freshman year at Duke, uh, and we got upset on the road out in Philadelphia. And before even the clock got zero, you already had these, you know, people kind of, you know, the kids running out from the stands. And I harped on it earlier. It, it, it's it's a very interesting dynamic just because it is such a big part of college sports having, you know, the fans rush the court, especially if you upset a big team like a Duke, a Kentucky, a Kansas, a Carolina, one of the Blue Bloods. Uh, you know, that excitement is there, especially for a smaller market, smaller college uh, a team and it's one of those things where 
in the moment, you have both sides emotional. A lot of times we all know college is synonymous with drinking. These kids are in the stands, they're lit, they're drunk, they're running to the floor to celebrate. The other team that just lost is embarrassed, highly emotional. That dynamic is just very interesting and dangerous. I'm just so surprised that a lot of things haven't happened even worse in the, in the past. But just within this season, we have two college stars on both sides, Caitlin Clark and Duke's very own, get very hurt. You know, I mean, and have instances where something could have happened. Imagine because a fan rushed into her uh, or Duke's season's being altered because he sprains an ankle or, or hurts his knee. You know, these are things that have to be addressed. I like Seth's, uh, uh, you know, solutions. I don't like addressing a problem unless I have a solution. At least Seth has them. Uh, I, there has to be something there, uh, whether it's extra security, a minute time, something where we can allow the players to exit the game safely, but also keeping the spirit of college sports alive and having these people rush the stands. I was totally against it you know, after seeing these instances, but I do have to acknowledge even in the moment hearing your guys' points that it is a part of college basketball and there has to be some type of, of line in the middle where we can come to meet in the middle. McNutt. I mean, yes, retweet. I said all of the things, or I agree with Seth entirely. I don't think it's gonna go anywhere. We talked about the marketing value. I can remember at Georgetown, there was a wall in the stairwell heading up to the athletic offices that was a picture of a court storm. I can't remember what the victory was, but. I think you have to tweak it. Do your best to make it as organized as possible. Yes, it is chaos, but a good press is also organized chaos. Well, that's, that's right. <laughs> now, look, and Seth said it right. I mean, if, if, are you good with that? You wait, you have like a, a, a countdown clock. Everyone in the building can see it. Yes. They have clocks all over the place. You got the shot clock. You got, I mean, it's, it's easy to do, and you get everybody off. Dominique, you know, football, as we all know, is a, is a highly uh, emotional game. And, you know, I remember the incident where LeGarrette Blunt once, you know, punched a fan and all the rest of that, and the world came down hard on him. And my reaction was, I don't know. I don't really blame LeGarrette Blunt. You got some fan one second after you just lost running up and yelling who knows what yeah. directly into your face in a place they don't belong, and you do. It seems to me, to some degree, all bets are at least a little bit off. What do you think of all this, Nate? Oh, yeah. Now, you know I'm going to fall on the side of the players in that conversation, but I do have to acknowledge that, like, having been on the field when the field has been rushed before, it's really damn fun, like, to be a player in that situation on the winning side. And it, it does feel like it's a part of college football. But that's why I appreciate the solutions that we're coming up with now is it doesn't take it out of the game altogether, but it does make it a little bit safer. And I think we have to acknowledge that college sports is becoming more and more professionalized every year. So with that, you're going to have to let go of some of the things that were like more amateur and rushing the court or rushing the field does feel amateur. So as long as you're going to keep pushing this to professional levels, you need to protect the employees in this situation, which are the players. Yeah. And, and whether you want to call them employees, I mean, let, let's even take that word out of it. There'd be all the more reason to to be protecting them or at least as much if they're just to. students. Right. These are just college students True. like everybody else. Get them the heck off the court or the field before a dangerous situation. Seth, I have video of, of you. I believe this is from 2011 when you were at Virginia Tech and how you your team handled this. Yeah. Uh, two days prior to this game, we had a meeting with the athletic administration, and they came up with a plan to make sure that the visiting team got off the court safely. It was a Duke game. It was a college game day game. Now, Coach K got half of his team out of the way prior to the ending of the game. So, But what we did was we basically built a wall for those players to get off the court. 
All right, so that as soon as the game ended, you see all those security, you can see security on the left-hand side. They were able to basically protect the visiting team and the officials, enable them to get off the court. The students came from one baseline, but they went right to the middle of the court. They didn't kind of go any other way. And that was before everyone had to document this situation. All right, so not everyone's holding cell phones. You see us celebrating, but it's slowly developing because it takes a while to jump over that wall behind you, by the way. But they did a really good job. Sitting in that meeting, I said, you know what, if we're fortunate enough to win, I really feel good about it because we took the time to have a plan in place. But once it started, Dominique, things were lit. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you so so mad at cell phones? What if cell phones didn't do nothing to you, Seth? Stop blaming cell phones. Here's the deal. These these bad boys, when people are walking around taking pictures, they have no damn idea where the hell they're going. They're going to run into something or someone. Walk down a busy street in Manhattan sometime, Dominique, and then tell me how it doesn't bother you when everyone is walking down the street like this and you have to actually honk, actually make a honking sound at a pedestrian. I'm like, honk, I mean, get out, excuse me. You want to look up, please? You're walking directly at me, so put your phone away for crying out loud. No, no, look, I I think Seth's idea. Get off my lawn, everybody, everyone, off the lawn. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly right. Put that on the topic bar. Greeny says we need to get rid of cell phones. Oh, God. (laughs) That's that's where we land with all of this. Uh, At the end of the day, Seth, I think you solved it. I mean, this, this is a problem that requires solving, and I think you solved it. If you just have a pause, a mandatory pause, in which there are yeah. some ramifications. We don't have to arrest anybody, but there are ramifications for running out onto the court before you're supposed to. If you're a student, maybe they don't allow you to come to any games anymore, whatever the case is. Then everyone gets it, and everyone can have the celebration and be lit, as you were saying, <laughs> and, and the, 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 you know, the team and the officials can get off the floor. Okay. See that? We didn't just identify a problem. We solved it. Yeah. I like it. Hey, Dominic, well I bet done, you didn't Seth. think right. I was going to say lit today. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's oh, well played. Gosh, that's my it. Uncle Seth. No relation. All right, as we continue with LeBron and Steph's careers closer to the end than the beginning, who will be the next face of the NBA? I will tell you exactly who as we continue. And then, here we go, Graziano. Sneaky Hembo, he's ready for you. Which number one? No, put the phone away, Dan. Put the phone away. Focus. Which number one overall pick ran the fastest 40 at the Combine since Michael Vick, who ran 4-3-3 in 2001? The answer is next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, here we go. Sneaky Hembo and Graziano. I like the question because it's an interesting answer. I don't like it because who the heck would know this? Yeah, it's tough. Michael Vick uh, ran the 40 in, mm-hmm. in 4-3-3. Yes, he did. Since that, which number one overall pick ran the fastest 40 at the combine? Number one overall pick. First name that came into my head was Cam Newton, but because it's the first name that came into my head, I got to think it's probably not him. Sneaky Hembo, I'm thinking a little bit off the board, not a quarterback. I remember Jadevian Clowney ran some monster time in 2014. He went number one overall. I'm going to guess Jadevian Clowney. That's such a good guess. You were so close. It was Trayvon Walker. It, 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 it's by two one-hundredths oh, of a Trayvon, second yeah, yeah, and that, ahead of Clowney. And I got him picked number one. And he went number one. Today, right. Trayvon well Walker done, Hembo. By two one-hundredths of a second faster than Clowney. Followed by Cam Newton and Andrew Luck. No, yeah, I Newton think was you're under- giving him too yeah, much yeah, credit. That's good. Yeah, nah, that's it's good. a terrible question. I like the question. It's okay, Graz. And he needed it. I was rooting for Graziano. He it. I don't like I was, it. Okay. Let's play stay in this thing. Let's play our next game, and it is called Is That McNutts with Monica McNutt. Here we go. Hey, uh, Monica, if I said Luka Doncic is going to win his first MVP this season, is that McNutts? I'm going with it being McNutts, Greeny. And, yes, he is climbing the odds, currently sitting at third. But I just think you look at the guys in front of them and where their teams are, it's going to be tough in my mind for Luka to ultimately cover that ground. Who do you think does win it? Uh, I actually think it's going to be an SGA year, quietly. Ooh, SGA. Next, Jalen Brunson. If I said he's going to get the Knicks to the Eastern Conference Finals, is that McNutts? You know, I don't know if we've had one of these that was as heavily astracized. I don't know if that's a word. But the asterisk on this is obviously the health of the New York Knicks. If the New York Knicks are healthy, this is not McNutts. I think this is a viable goal and a potential achievement for this team. And Jalen Brunson is playing as well as your favorite point guard in the league. But it's going to be heavily contingent on health. They're going to get Julius Randle back? Hope hope so. That's the big question there. And we've seen a lot of uncertainty. Finally, if I said LeBron James has won his last NBA championship, is that McNutts? I do not believe this one is McNutts. Now, whether or not it will be in a Laker uniform is a slightly different conversation. But I think LeBron has one more in him. If anybody has shown us how to be very deliberate and put themselves in position to win, it is LeBron James. So I think there's one more floating out there. I am with you. And so look, LeBron James and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, they are the faces of the NBA for this generation. They have defined the league for this generation. But their time is certainly closer to the end than it is to the beginning. So the question is, who's the next face of the NBA? That's the subject of my green list today. At number five, I will go with Victor Wembanyama. Certainly has everything in the world going for him. I only didn't put him any higher because the kid is still only 19 years old. Give him a chance to establish himself, and you never know which direction it all winds up going. But clearly, from a global standpoint, from a branding standpoint, and from a physical marvel standpoint, he has everything going his way, plus the personality. I put him at five. I put John Morant at number four. John Morant remains in my mind when healthy and when in the right place. The most watchable player in the NBA. The best show to watch in basketball. 
If he has it together, he's still young enough and spectacular enough. I think he has a chance to reclaim a spot as the face of the NBA. Now, Jason Tatum is at three. He has talked about it. Being a Boston Celtic helps a great deal, obviously. I think he is a championship away from staking a legitimate claim. He's endlessly likable. His son is endlessly likable. The personality. There's so many things about Jason Tatum to love. He needs the championship, and then I think he's got a real shot at it. But I also think he's trailing behind the two international superstars. Luka Doncic is ridiculous. Whether he wins MVP or not this year, his team is sneaky, very good, by the way. I was talking to Legs the other day about it here on the show. The Mavericks might make a deep run this year. Luka has led them on a deep run in the past. He is as spectacular to watch on the offensive end as any player in the league with the exception of no one. I think he has a great chance to be the face of the league. And then, frankly, I'm almost cheating by putting Giannis at number one because I think he is the face of the NBA. He was the overall leading vote-getter for the uh, All-Star game. When he won the championship, he became as big a star as they could possibly be. He's got every quality you want in this. The greatness, the physical, extraordinary feature, the incredible personality, the big smile. There's nothing about him not to love. I think the Greek freak is already the current face of the NBA, along with those legends. So here they are. My list, Giannis at one, Luca two, followed by Tatum, John Morant, and Victor Wembanyama. Monica is here, and I'll bring Austin in. And Austin Rivers, I want to give you credit. I'm not going to steal it from you. You <laughs> brought up someone that I should have put on this list. I absolutely defer to you because you are right and I was wrong. Tell everyone who that is. Anthony Edwards, man. He's, uh, he's must-see TV. When we talk about a complete athlete, in the aura of a superstar and what makes somebody the face of the league. I talk about on the court and off the court. Let's talk about the on the court. He has the complete game. MJ, he has the smile, he has the charisma, he has the style, and his game speaks the loudest. Even though he's a very confident young man, his game is even more loud. His team is the best in the West or one of the best teams in the West right now. Uh, you got to put Anthony Edwards there, and then we talk about the war of a superstar and how he gets people to just like him and like ability. He has all of that. He has the number one s- selling sneaker with Adidas right now. He has a lot of different things going for him within a small market in Minnesota that he's accomplishing all this in. It's very impressive. He's young, and his best days are ahead of him. Anthony Edwards is definitely one of the faces of the NBA and could be the face. You're 100% right. Mm-hmm. And despite the fact that I am the world's foremost authority on all matters, I got that one <laughs> wow, wrong. Greedy. And I wanted to give him credit because he's 100% right. Nope. I nope. do love him. Now, other names that came up, Nikola Jokic. Yep. Jokic is the best player. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't He doesn't strike me as though he wants any part of that, right? Like, he I'm just bothered. wants to do his thing, go watch, the, <laughs> go watch his horse races right. and all that kind of stuff. And then there's SGA mm-hmm. and Shea Gildas-Alexander, who's terrific. And, and maybe as good as any of the players on this list, but also doesn't strike me as someone who has the kind of personality that he wants that. Yeah. that that's just my observation from a distance. Yeah. I agree. SGA is really laid back. Okay, see, everything they do is sort of team-oriented. Very rarely do you see a single guy in an interview without grabbing some of their teammates. I know folks are asking a lot of questions about their age in terms of what they can achieve this year. I really like this team, and I think they're arriving ahead of schedule. I will say, though, I just think of, like, guards across the league. I, the other day, I just had the Sixers and the Knicks, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, guys that have the kind of personality that are infectious in the same way that Ant is. I love that you included John Moran on this list, though, Greeny, because I think this year could be sort of forgotten slash a reset for him. Obviously, he's dealing with that injury right now, and he's got a signature shoe that was very, very popular. I think the next generation of NBA fan and consumer 
is really into the authenticity of these players. So, like, they may not always get it right, but if you can get back on the floor and get back on track, I think there is real, res real resonance there as this league continues to change. Look, the, the, the issues that Ja has had have been well documented, right. and, and they don't need to be gone over again here. And right now he's dealing with an injury. But he is still young enough. Again, I, I'll, I'll put him up against anybody as far as watchability. Fantastic. If you're going to make me buy a ticket to go watch one player play basketball, I think he would be my first choice. All right, first take coming up top of the hour. Can LeBron and the Lakers go on a run like they did last year? Should they ban storming the courts? They're talking about it too. Molly, Stephen A., Shannon, Perk, and plenty more. First take next on ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Women's college basketball coming your way tonight. We got Colorado UCLA, a good matchup tonight, 9 Eastern on ESPN2 and the ESPN app. Graziano and D Wood doing radio with me. What's your game Wednesday night? We got um, I've got Pacers hosting the Pelicans. Nice. That should be fun, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. In Indianapolis. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll be right in Indianapolis oh, yeah. on Wednesday. Let's go to St. Elmo's. Let's do it. Get a <laughs> shrimp cocktail for me. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. First take starts now.